and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's going very well. It's it's uh, it's winding down, David, right? Yes, we are uh, two days away from the end of spring football. When most of you listen to this, it'll either be probably the day before um, when we post this on Friday, or maybe even the day of. Um it was a very has been a very strange spring um, as I, I thought today was a really good summation of how weird it was. Um, we talked to Manny Diaz for the last time before the spring game. Miami had its last um, kind of normal practice today. They'll obviously have their spring game Saturday to wrap things up. Um, and Manny basically spent the first like two and a half minutes just like listing all the guys who have gotten injured. And we basically like I've had no idea about all these injuries because um, we haven't seen a single second of practice this year. And um, obviously they control the message uh, a little bit coming out there. Um, So, you know, I think it it tempers expectations for Saturday a little bit, a a lot of guys missing on defense. Um, But um, I I just thought it was a perfect way to, to kind of sum up how strange this, this spring has been. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before. We, we always say that the first time the coaches come out after a long period of time, like before the spring, right? Before uh-huh. you know, practice, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. They're, they're really good. They're always really good. And then as a, and then yeah, they have as a lot a, to talk about. Yeah. They have a lot to talk about it and they don't, they're excited to talk about it and they go into detail. And then as, as we continue, it gets kind of more, bland, vanilla, uh, not much news. Really, they don't divulge anything. And then at the very end, surprise. Well, yeah, especially right? we I, haven't really been able to ask a ton of specific questions because it's not like we've seen practice. It's not like we've seen uh, that uh, to Corey Couch has been, for example, one of the guys who's hurt hasn't right. been out there. We just haven't been able to, you know, we've been asking kind of right. the same questions all, all along because we don't know how these, we haven't been able to see with our own two eyes how these things are kind of changing throughout the spring. Yeah. And some of them, I mean, some of them, we don't even real, we don't realize they're out at all. Right. And I don't think that readers, um, podcast listeners, it's, it's good to know that when we're on these zoom calls, we get one question. Yeah. Okay? Maybe two if you can sneak one in, but yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty much one question and you try to get in a follow, but the, the, what happens is there, there might be 20 people on there or 10 people there. Well, there will be 20 people. And then they ask certain B writers, you know, to talk, but we only, we get one thing in there and then they turn off. I mean, they have to, or they mute us. And so if the coach says something that goes in another direction or that's really important that we need to follow up, Okay, with to for him to specify, we can't. We're muted. So, and then we can't ask the other things we are going to ask. And then it's just a, it's tougher than it seems. Yeah, or like if you asked a question and Manny gives an interesting answer, and I think there's an interesting follow. You know, in a normal world, you I could kind of butt in ahead of the next person and ask the question. Whereas in this, um, you know, they tell us they basically put us in order. So if you're following up on something. If you want to follow yeah. up on something Manny said to an answer to your question, and I'm three people later, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like hard to, not natural, like, obviously. I'm sure everyone's dealing with this in, 
in various degrees in their own workplaces. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, we're not, yeah, it's not, we're not complaining. I just want people to know the reality of it. So, and even the other writers, we all try to help each other work with each other. Um, like you said, when we're in person, someone else can follow it up, but everybody else has their own questions. And so you get information that's not really. Uh, yeah, not, not as thorough as it is in a normal not world. thorough. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm pretty excited to actually see the game now on uh, Saturday. Yeah. It's a, it'll be our first time seeing Miami since um, the Cheez-It Bowl. And neither of us were yeah. there in person for that game. So first time we're seeing them in person since uh, the North Carolina game. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously no fans and all that in attendance at Hard Rock. Um, and well, well, there might be, I, I think they're inviting. I would guess like family and stuff. Maybe I think they're going to invite yeah. family. That's why I guess they're inviting some people. I get yeah. family, maybe for, I bet you former players. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I don't know just important people, whatever they, they mm -hmm. can fight, but basically no, no fans, which is kind of odd. Yeah. I thought a little, we don't have to get too much into that, but I thought it was weird that yeah. we had fans all season long and then spring game, there's no fans when we're in a lot better spot pandemic wise than we were in like November. It's odd. It is um, odd, but okay, yeah. good. Let's, let's go. Let's yeah. let's all right, so I uh, I basically wrote out a list. I think we're pretty much in agreement on these topics I have written out of like the things that we're finally we're excited to finally get to see. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of them are, are probably obvious to people, but um, it's definitely going to be like the basically the storylines that we go into the spring game tomorrow. You know, I think there's there's some things where we, you know, the secondary, for example, where Bubba Bolden and DeCorey Couch and Al Blades Jr. are all out uh, with various injuries. Like we're yeah. not going to learn a whole lot about what the secondary looks like. We're going to see Tyreek Stevenson, which will be interesting, but ultimately it's, it's kind of a throwaway. Um, you know, I think same with running back where, where Don Chaney um, is hurt. And although the fact that he might be out right until the, the start of the regular season means that it's yeah. pretty, pretty important to see what Jalen Knighton and, and Cam Harris look like as, as the two instead of the three. Um but I'm going to start with the same place we've started basically every episode for the last six weeks. Uh -huh. um, and that is by talking about the quarterbacks. And, um, you know, this time next week when we talk about the quarterbacks, we're going to have real actual opinions on Tyler Van Dyke and Jake Garcia, which is really exciting because, um, you know, I, I guess we saw Tyler a little bit maybe in spring last year. I guess technically we saw him throw a little bit. I saw him at Paradise yes, Camp a yeah. few years ago. Right. Um, I, I, did he have to throw a single pass last year? Yeah, he threw uh, two passes, two incompletes, I think. So we saw a couple of throws in garbage time last year, but right. really our first chance to actually see him like get a drive and that kind of stuff. And obviously Jake Garcia, um, someone neither of us have seen throw in person. Uh, we right. get to see both of these guys, and, and I think um, that's, to me – as a biased person who is a, ca a filthy casual and just cares about what the quarterbacks look like. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> excited to see uh, what those two guys look like. Um, Cause they're two guys that I was pretty high on coming out of high school uh, when Miami got them, obviously Jake for obvious reasons and, and Tyler. Um, I, I really liked what I saw from a paradise camp a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to actually see them in a, a kind of real atmosphere and, just, just, I mean, I don't even know what they look like. I don't know how big they are. Like, <laughs> it's kind of going to be as much anything. We get to actually, like, see what these guys actually look like. I know. I, I think um, it's going to be especially fun because 
no Derek's a starter if he can yeah. get back healthy. But it's there's a lot on the line for these two guys that we don't we don't really know at all. You know, we really haven't seen. And uh, it's a it's a, when you talk about competition, usually there's some kind of pecking order for sure. Um, and I and I and I, and I th- do think Tyler is ahead now. It seems mm-hmm. uh, very good. Uh, you know, he had a very good um, uh, he had a very good second scrimmage last week last Friday. And I, Jake, I think had a decent, had a good, good scrimmage, good numbers at least. Um, but he did throw an interception and I, and, uh, and, but the thing is they're really tightly contesting this, you know, backup job and it's so vital, uh, considering we really don't know for sure if Derek will be back. So, um, uh, or we'll be back in good, you know, good yeah, and if he is back, we don't know. You know, he could always yeah. get hurt again. Yeah, or yeah, or, who knows? I it's kind of like remember when uh, Brevin Jordan came back for like one play and then right. realized play. You know, who knows? Um, anyway, uh, so so Manny Diaz today did make it seem like he didn't say this, but it did make it seem like Tyler was maybe a little ahead. Um, he said uh, that, you know, the, the, how Tyler, how poised Tyler look, looked and that um, he said, he said, Jake looked at times, this isn't the last scrimmage, Jake looked at times, like he had a couple of throws and a couple of decisions that were like, whoa, and, and, and then he settled down and still made some throws that made everyone rewind the tape and say, wow, that's impressive. So obviously, um, uh, you know, obviously Jake maybe had, you know, he had that at least one mistake and mm-hmm. maybe we're wondering about some of his decisions, but he's a tr- he just came in from high school and uh, Tyler had a, had a good scrimmage. I'm just excited. I know Jake Garcia is super talented. I just know it. Yeah. And, but I'm really kind of excited to see Tyler also um, because it seems like that's, right now who they're leaning toward that doesn't they're gonna have all fall practice also yeah yeah i it, i expect that tyler van dyke will be the first uh quarterback in the game on saturday i think they're gonna basically get pretty even oh yeah looks with the ones though um and yeah, yeah I, I think you you kind of hit it right on the head like jake obviously has all the hype around him for a reason um, I think if you ask most Miami fans what they are most excited to see in the scrimmage, I think most of them would probably say Jake Garcia is the player they're most excited to see. Probably the first guy they list. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why I think this is a really good opportunity for Tyler to, you know, it does, it's not going to really affect what Miami feels like just because the fans are excited about Jake Garcia. doesn't mean that Miami is like going to go with Jake Garcia as the backup or whatever. Um, but it's a, a chance to like kind of for, just like the narrative and all that kind of stuff for Tyler to, to remind people that like, you know, there's, there's, he's, there's just as good a chance that he is number two behind Derek King uh, in the fall as Jake and maybe an even slightly better chance. Um, so both guys, I think, uh, you know, they've kind of been, I'm, I'm sure like they're excited for this. Like they've been waiting for a chance to play in a, like, I mean, Jake, obviously less, you know, considering he just got here a couple of months ago, but you know, I, I'm pretty sure both these guys were, you know, obviously they want Derek to be healthy, but I'm pretty sure they both were excited about 
um, the opportunity in front of them this spring and, and they get to do it on, you know, national TV and they're young, you know, they're young kids still like they're, they're going to be excited for this. You just, you just know it. Yeah. And, and I love that they're, well, they're, of course they're hard rock, but I love that they were hard rock Friday also. So they, yeah. so they got, you said that, so True. they, you know, so a little, little of the nerves, you know, they're used to that a little. So I'm, I'm kind of psyched about that. All right. Uh, number two, I've got on this list. Uh, let's stick with the offense. I got three on the offense and two on the defense. So let's bunch the offense together first here. Um, I, okay. I kind of feel like this is maybe the second thing my, most Miami fans are probably interested in. That is the, what is this wide receiver group going to look like? Um, I, to me, since day one of spring, it has been um, kind of interesting the way, again, we, we talked about at the top, the way that Miami can kind of control the narrative this spring in a way they never could. Um, and really since like day one, day two of spring practice, they've kind of been painting this narrative, um, you know, whether it's intentional or just, I don't know, that, the way it broke down that this is a, the, the open competition that Miami painted midway through the last season when they put nine co-starters on the depth chart, um, yeah, right. which was kind of like, ultimately didn't really amount to anything because the same three guys, Harley, Pope, Wiggins, <laughs> basically got all the snaps even after that. But they're they're putting out this picture that that like not I don't know specifically nine right now, but it's that sort of open competition right now. You know, we t- I think on the first episode of spring, we talked about how like Keyshawn Smith was like the second or the second wide receiver we talked to. Um, right. You know, obviously, we've you know seen that Xavier Restrepo has had had a really good scrimmage. Michael Redding, you know, we mm-hmm. didn't get D Wiggins um, until um, Tuesday. I guess it was. Um, and he basically said, you know, those guys are right on their tails. I don't think we talked to Mark Pope at all. Um, oh. you know, it, it seems obvious that, that Harley and Rambo are two of the guys. Um, yeah. but I think seeing how the rest of that mix breaks down and the, again, it's a scrimmage. You're going to rotate all these guys in, but like, and the secondary is banged up, which is probably going to be worth noting in any evaluations we do of these wide receivers, um, on Saturday. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, I think even just the third wide receiver out on the field with Harley and, and Rambo is obviously a tell. And then just, um, you know, we're, we're going to get to do some like evaluating. We're going to get to really see um, if these guys like, like Restrepo and, and Keyshawn, you know, we've obviously know that they can put together these big performances, um, but we're going to get a chance to see if they can, you know, string them together at this point. Yeah. So important. Um and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they hook up with the quarterbacks. Yeah. Who throws um, Yeah. I mean, we, we Harley will probably play very little. They do not want him to get hurt. Yeah, that's true, actually. I would he, guess he, he starts, gets maybe one or two series, and yeah, then I say, out of yeah, there. One or two series, couple – they don't need to know how he's going to do. Yeah. If, if I'm that – I mean – and so people are watching it on TV. Let them think what they want. That's a, that's what they're going to say. Rambo, uh, they'll get in there maybe for a little more. But I even, yeah, he'll get a little more. But I, yeah, I think they want to see Redding and uh, I, me too, and and Keyshawn Smith and uh, Xavier Restrepo, and I think we're going to see a lot of young guys. And um. Like you were talking about the uh, the secondary and the DBs and stuff, some of them being injured. Um, there have been some position changes, which oh yeah, 
Yeah, today. Yeah, Amari Carter to striker, Keontra Smith getting some work at linebacker. Although Amari Carter, they're still calling him a, a safety. But the, the point is, yeah, he's been – yeah, I think he's going to be a striker now, they're saying. And then and then uh, uh, Keontra Smith, right, uh, at weak side linebacker. Yeah. What was that? Is that Brian Balaam's out? Like they're really shorthanded in the secondary, oh, which there's is so many to, guys. So I, which I is going to skew, I think, our judgments of what that wide receiver. Room totally, is that's what I was going to say. It's, yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of. It's going to be so vanilla. I mean, even more. Everybody from the ACC is watching this. All the coaches, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean they don't get their hands on the tapes anyway. Whatever the spring games, but. Um, it's going to be very, again, vanilla and making people look good, I think. And they don't want anybody hurt. Um, they really don't want anybody hurt. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how. I, it'll be fun, really fun to see those quarterbacks and receivers. But um, uh, it, it, I'm not sure how realistic it's yeah. going to be. Well, yeah, and especially because, you know, they're miss, also missing their quarterback, right? Like, you know, the, they're going to run a different offense when De'Aaron King is in there. Um, and to me, that's like the thing with Rambo is like, I'm excited to see him because obviously we haven't seen him yet. He's a new guy. But uh, what really matters is what he's going to, you know, the way he can build up chemistry with De'Aaron King over the summer once De'Aaron how much clear to do yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, but the, the thing is, De'Aaron now is just standing still. I asked Harley today. Yeah. And- or, you know, Harley in our last interview. And he said, uh, he's just standing still pretty much and throwing. So I, a lot of this, like you're, what you just said is really true and important to remember because some of the younger guys that, well, some of the, some of the younger second year freshmen that are returning, you know, like freshmen, like, uh, like Keyshawn and Michael Redding, they have some, they have some chemistry with him. But I think what they're doing is building with the the, the uh, backups now. Yeah, because yeah, those guys are theoretically when Derek is gone after this season um, and Harley is gone and Rambo is gone. Right. They're going to be the guys to step in with either Van Dyke or Garcia or whoever the next next quarterback is. So that it's a good jump start. I mean, we've talked about it a lot that this spring in a lot of ways, it's like, you know, it's spring for this season, but in some ways it's also the spring. Um, you, you You can almost think of it as, this spring ahead of the 2022 season. It's just like an extra spring for these guys who are kind of the future of this offense. Um, I have no idea what their starting secondary is going to look like, by the way, on Saturday. Well, to Corey's to Corey couch, it has a neck injury, right? So it's going to be DJ Ivy and, and Tyreek, I guess is the corners and then Gervin hall. And I, I guess Amari will, will keep playing safety. They're, they're out of safeties otherwise, basically. Right. Yeah. Or Cam Kinchins, maybe. I, maybe we'll see Cam Kinchins. I'm excited to see him. We'll see Cam Kinchins, and I think Omari Carter, I think they're going to try, try playing him at the new positions. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. So maybe Cam Kinchins starts next to Gervin because Bubba Bolden is out, Brian Balaam is out, um, Jalen Harrell changed positions, right, to cornerback. So, you know, a lot of them. Yeah. There's, oh, Avante Williams, I guess, is the other one. I forgot about Avante. Oh, Avante, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Avante. We'll see. That'll be really interesting. Yeah. Actually. So actually, that, we're gonna get a good look at that. Those young safeties that we haven't had a chance to see much um, because of some of the injuries to, to Balaam and um, Bubba and, and a couple other guys. By the way, but we we should mention you did mention uh, maybe I did about Al Blades. Um, you know, he had myocarditis because of uh, as a result of COVID. Right. And that 
I, I think he missed most of all of spring, but uh, but today they said he, Manny Diaz said he has a stress fracture. He didn't tell us a stress fracture yeah. of what, but that's kind of disconcerting a little. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you wonder because what stress fracture is like a wear and tear kind of thing. You, you wonder maybe did he ramp up too yeah. quickly? Come, you know, he, he wasn't able to work out for basically like three months, right? With the myocarditis, I think is what they said. He was expected to miss. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's all speculation, obviously, but um, right. not a great situation. All right. I, um, I, I, yeah. Last one I got on the offense is, um, yeah, this is one we're going to be able to, like, basically, like, check off right away is um, what's that first-team offensive line look like? I know they always tell us, like, oh, it's whatever. Like, you know, we're just putting guys in there. But whatever they start with is whoever's ahead, basically. Um, oh, so yeah. The first five offensive linemen they trot out, um, that's going to tell us who's ahead in that competition. I think, you know, we all expect that Gainer's going to be at center. Um, we all expect that Zion's going to be at left tackle. Kind of feels like Nabon's going to be at right guard, but right tackle and left guard um, are still pretty open to me. Um, and, and we're going to kind of know who's out front um, Saturday yeah. at like 11 a.m. on Saturday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I and you, you you wrote a little note saying would they really bench Jared Williams? Uh, Jared Williams uh, was is a right tackle. Yeah, and he came in uh, from Houston. Yeah, he was uh, he was Derek King's right tackle, I believe at Houston. Yes, and he transferred uh, and he as a as transferred as a grad transfer last season, not two thousand before two thousand twenty, and now. He's about to start his seventh year of yeah. college football. And can you imagine if he comes back and he's I, I personally, David, I and, and he's beaten out by DJ Scape. Yes, I can imagine it. Definitely. But I yeah. think they're gonna all t- I think I don't know. I I I think they're trying to rotate to rest them, but usually with the offensive linemen, they like the chemistry, you know. I that's that's really a head scratcher as far as Jared Williams versus DJ Scaife. Yeah. Scaife two years ago was this team's offensive MVP in that, you know, yep. the ugly um, Dan Enos year, I think it was. Um, yep. And then obviously Jared Williams, when he got to campus last year and they started that season, all the talk was about how he has really helped stabilize that offensive line. I think if you look at like the PFF grades early in the year, he was kind of always, um, kind of the, the top ranking offensive lineman. And then, you know, some guys started to improve. He was, he was really important to them early last year, I guess is the, w- the way I kind of feel about it to stabilize right. them. They've been really bad the year before he just kind of anchored it and let these other guys kind of develop. And, um, you know, he, he really served his purpose last year. Um, it, it would be fascinating if, you know, he decided to come back for a seventh year, like you said, um, and, gets passed on the depth chart, you know, and it it would, um, like you said, it wouldn't be a surprise. It kind of makes sense. He did his job last year. He stabilized that offensive line. Um, 
you know, Zion by the end of the year, I think was kind of like clearly their top tackle um, passing Jared Williams. Um, uh-huh. Obviously like Navon got healthy by the end of the year. Um, you know, just young guys getting better. Uh, obviously DJ Scaife, like he keeps moving back and forth between guard and tackle. So he, he served his purpose last year. Um, I don't know how high his ceiling is, you know, he's a seventh year senior, right? Like he's already had a lot of development under his belt. Um, so if he gets passed, like you said, not a huge surprise, but it would be just like, it's like, wow, could you, it's kind of like a, wow, could you believe that kind of situation that this is how it played out? Um, but again, it, it would make sense because that's a good competition to right tackle Jared Williams and DJ skate for two, um, you know, starting caliber right tackles, I think. Um, and I, actually, I think you could go I, right with either one. Yeah. I, um, I actually think um, the offensive line might be decent this year. Can I say yeah, that? Yeah, we talked about that. They're really deep. I mean, the fact that that's a competition there and then left guard, like I said, sounds like a competition too, where Ja'Kai Clark has basically started for two straight years there. And I don't know, Jalen Rivers is coming for him probably. And, you know, maybe, you know, it, it sounds like their DJ has mostly worked at right tackle, but, you know, could he be an option at left guard? Like they've got, they've got a, a couple different, Seven, six, seven, eight. No, we didn't. I didn't even mention John Campbell Jr. and Usman Traore, who started last year. Like they got a lot of guys who, you know, those guys probably aren't starting caliber unless there's an injury, but they've got options and, you know, different permutations to work with. And um, I'm sure they kept it kind of simple in the spring, but if they get through this, like let's say they get into the summer and and Jared's at right tackle, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, whoa, we've DJ Scape just sitting on the bench. Like, do they try to find a way to make maybe move him to left ta- left guard or Nirvana left? Like it's hard for me to imagine that if Jared Williams is as good as he was last year. And if DJ scape is like what you kind of hope senior year, DJ scape will be that they right. don't find a way to get both of them on the field. And it'll be interesting to see where those guys are all playing on, on Saturday. If, if they've started to tinker with that and move guys to different spots to, to get the best five on the field when possible. Yeah, totally agree. I was just thinking, what would you rather see? A really, like, fabulous O-line? Or this is another good podcast question, or a really fabulous D-line? Well, you know what? I know you'd rather. That's a pretty good transition, Susan, but we got to take a quick break. Uh, We'll come back and talk about the defensive line. All right, Susan, you mentioned it. uh, The defensive line, what would you rather see? How about you answer this? What would you rather see, great offensive line or great defensive line on Saturday? Because to me, the defensive ends, that's kind of the next – that's the biggest question I have on defense going into the scrimmage tomorrow is what – you know, is Zach McLeod really worth the hype? What does DeAndre Johnson look like um, playing with his hand in the dirt in a more natural position than he did at Tennessee? Is Jafari Harvey the next, like – what, what's the, the stat man he keeps mentioning? They've always had like a six, seven sack guy every year he's been here. Can Jafari Harvey be that guy? Uh, so what, right. what, what would you rather see? The offensive line look as good as we expect it to? Or to see the defensive line beat up on them a little bit and, and surprise us? Um, I'd rather see Saturday a really good offensive line. Interesting. I think I'd rather see a defensive line because I trust this offensive line. I think if the defensive line does some stuff, then I feel – better about how the defense is going to look. Yeah, I guess I, I just think the defensive line, they're going to keep getting better. Yeah. 
the thing is they can't tackle you know so right yeah so it's a little hard it's hard i i if yeah if those i i would feel really good if the offensive line like didn't give up a million sacks i'd feel better yeah i guess that's fair but uh i want to see you know i want to see some of these defensive linemen show up because yeah we just haven't we haven't seen that yet We've heard a lot about how Zach McLeod surprising people. We've heard um, you, you asked Manny today about DeAndre Johnson and he's missed some time in COVID protocols. Right. And um, I guess Cam Williams also missed some time. So those are two guys who I think are theoretically going to be counted on for a big role. And, and Jafari Harvey, who I think Miami has been really high on him since they got his commitment, whatever it is, three years ago now. Um, and we just, you know, we, uh, we haven't heard a ton about him this spring. Um, I think I'm sure they're still pretty optimistic about him, but I'm um, I'm really interested to see what he looks like because they need, you know, none of these guys. In all likelihood, none of these guys are going to be Jalen Phillips or Greg Rousseau or even Quincy Roche. But you know, if they can be like John Garbin or um, Chad Thomas or some of these other guys who were became NFL defensive ends as like the guy they need to find that anchor the, the guy to be the guy. And I've said it a bunch of times on here. I, I still feel like Jafari Harvey is the best bet at that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, Manny today talked to, yeah, he did talk a lot about, uh, you know, about, about Cam Williams and chance. I mean, about chance, but I think it was Cam. Some of the, I think one of them, um was out was it cam i just for uh i don't know if it was covid or some kind of health protocol yeah the cam it was cam williams yeah that's what yeah and um um he's super high on this rotation now. yeah he started the bowl game right i think he and jafari started as the defensive ends in the, in yeah, the bowl I, game. I, yeah um you know, DeAndre, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, the thing is they hardly, they hardly, because of Jalen Phillips and, you know, and, and uh, Quincy Roche, they didn't have that much of an opportunity last year. Yeah. So uh, that's the, it's a, it's a big, like, we kind of know that you're right. The offensive line, yeah, it's a good point. But the thing that makes me nervous, I know I said this before is that if those, the, the newer defensive, defensive ends crushed the offensive line that would make me very nervous yeah I agree with that I basically I want to see Jafari Harvey or Cam Williams or DeAndre Johnson like beat their tackles a couple times right like that's you know a couple yes. maybe like three or four sacks or something like something that just shows that they can or not even sacks but just like getting into the backfield they got to show they can do that um, because that is you know they lost basically all their production from a pass rush perspective last year on the edge. Um, I, I, I what did Jafari Harvey maybe had a couple of TFLs like th- those guys just did not do a whole lot last year. And, you know, the deep, the interior defensive line, I think is going to be the strength of the defensive line. We haven't talked a lot about them this spring in part because um, Nesta Silvera has been out. And because I, I just think it's obvious that those guys are going to be good, but you need, you know, unless you have a Gerald Willis in the middle there, you need a guy on the edge to, um, to anchor the pass rush. And again, I just think Jafari Harvey is probably the best bet at it. Although maybe DeAndre Johnson, you know, we, we don't know a whole lot about him, obviously. 
So maybe he maybe he impresses us just kind of being the veteran. You know, he had what four sacks or something last year. So it's not like he's a you know that that's like a real total in a shortened season. So I, I wonder if I wonder if maybe we're underrating him a little bit. Um I don't know. Uh I the thing is it's I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, a bit of breaking news uh, from Barry Jackson, by the way. Um, Larry Hodges will not participate in the scrimmage. Yeah, um, it actually, it's not from Barry. Uh, here's a tweet I saw. Did we get an email? Yeah, the break, we both got the same. Barry and I both got, while I've sit, been sitting here and, and doing this podcast, um, and it's hard to concentrate on both, uh, uh-huh. two Seven sports reported that um, – that uh, Larry Hodges is out. Well, is has been uh, uh, withheld from team activities because of violation of team rules. And I'm just in the middle of a tweet now. I'm doing like ten things at once. Sorry. Um, so they're basically out of a. They don't have any tight ends really on on Saturday. So uh, right. that'll, that'll complicate things. Don Mamarelli yeah. hurt. Will Mallory hurt. Right. Elijah Arroyo hurt. Um, yeah, so Mamarelli. You just said him. He's hurt. Yep. Every t- every scholarship tight end is unavailable for the scrimmage, unless I'm. That's totally someone. amazing. So who knows that's- what they're going to do there? All right, yeah, last, that's totally amazing. last one I've got here on my list of topics. Um, again, like I said, I'm kind of ignoring the secondary just because of all the injuries. It's going to be really hard to judge. Uh, linebacker, I feel similar to the way I feel about wide receiver, where it just sounds like that competition is really open. Um, there's some notable injuries there. Sam Brooks is hurt. I think he, if he was healthy, would probably be in the mix to start somewhere. We mentioned Keontra Smith moving to, uh, will I'm, I'm excited to see him there, but for the most part, like, you know, we've, we've heard from Corey flag a little bit. We talked to Avery Huff on Tuesday. I think a lot of people are still just waiting on him to, to really, um, emerge, which I think is a possibility because mm-hmm. he was awesome in high school at St. Thomas Aquinas. But then the two most incumbent veteran guys we have, Bradley Jennings Jr. and Wayneman Steed, we just like, man, he talked a little bit about them today. But yeah. like, I don't know, I just have, we have, was that the first time we heard their names mentioned this whole spring? Like, it really sounds like it's, you, I think I've said this probably on past episodes, like there are six different guys that I would not be surprised if they start the scrimmage at linebacker on Saturday including now Keontra Smith, who would not have been on my list before. Yeah. I, yeah. It's weird. I, I mean, I guess Corey flag, maybe I don't, I Corey flag feels like the safest bet unless we just, unless it's just Bradley Jennings and Wayman Steed, just, you know, they're the incumbents like in a normal world, like you would think they're the front runners, but again, we just haven't, we haven't heard anything from them. Yeah, it's, it's it, you know what somebody asked today, Manny, if um, if if they're going to dip into the transfer portal, yeah, you know, linebacker, and I I don't know, it feels like they probably would. I I, I just um, and Manny said, well, we're going to do what we do. Yeah, with Manny's not answer was telling there. I think. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go through every day's practice, see who was whatever, and see who did well, and. We'll look at the spring game, but think about it. I mean, there's just that linebacker position. That's scary. So yeah. I was tell, Manny was saying how everybody's improved, but I mean, Brooks, I guess, hasn't really practiced. Mm-hmm. 
and um, just a uh, new, I don't know, I'm very not confident in that position. Let's see and, what happens. And it's also worth noting another little bit of breaking news that happened as we are recording is that the NCAA is like officially approved that one-time transfer rule. So um, it's right. going to be a lot easier to go out and find a linebacker in the transfer portal who can play right away in the fall. And I, I think with this officially approved, you know, I think we always think of the winter as transfer season, and it is now the biggest transfer season. Guys come in, you know, after they play a fall and, you know, either disgruntled with their role or just looking for somewhere to play their senior year. It's the big, definitely the big grad transfer time is that winter window. Yes, but definitely. The summer is, uh, you know, I, I think it gets forgotten a little bit. That that's a huge transfer window too. Guys come out of the spring and, you know, get go home for a little bit and talk to their families or whatever, or, you know, maybe didn't have the role in the spring that they were hoping for at their school. You know, Miami got Jared Williams, obviously last summer, they got Isaiah Walker last summer or spring, I guess. I think that both those guys are like May, early June. So there's going to be, you know, even though I don't know what the portal looks like right now, I don't know if there's a lot of big name linebackers out there. There's always going to be a handful of guys um, big name guys, guys like Jared Williams, guys like Isaiah Walker, who wind up in the portal in the spring and summer after spring football wraps up. And given Miami's track record in the transfer portal, you have to consider them a contender for literally every big name that winds up in there. So I agree, but there's going to have, I'm, it's just going to be complicated. Manny has said that as far as the scholarship numbers. Yeah. Well, the, once you get in, past i don't know the exact date i've written it before but i don't have it in front of me once you get past a certain date you can just count it toward next year it was why they only could take 24 commits this year instead of um 25 because jared williams came in after that date so it would be the same thing you would just count the guy toward the next class miami could not have taken a linebacker you know i I can't i'm blanking on the usc linebacker the like people were all excited about when he went in the portal and miami i don't you know i don't know if they were ever seriously pursuing him, but they obviously ran out of room eventually for him. But um, once you get into the summer, the, that counter resets and you have, I mean, theoretically you could take 25 transfers in the summer. It just means you wouldn't be able to sign anyone in the next recruiting class. But I thought Manny's answer today or his non-answer was pretty telling because he could have easily said, we feel good about what we have. We don't need to get transfer. He did not say that which makes you think that if the right transfer comes along, they're going to be in the mix for him. Right. Yeah. Um, there's absolutely no doubt. And um, yeah, I mean, there'll be I, now the last this past season in 2020, because of COVID people were allowed to transfer. Mm-hmm. Right. I was that, that was a, or was that just? I don't know if it was an official rule, but everyone got their waiver. I think it was. Yeah, every. Well, no, I think uh, I think they said, I I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think they kind of allowed it. Uh, I think they did say, you know, it inc- you can transfer if you want, and mm-hmm. and uh, because of COVID, it's, it was just like the opting out thing, you know, right. transfer. Maybe you go, you want to be closer to home or whatever. So uh, yeah, I like. I like the idea, but it, it definitely is going to be the wild, wild west. True. 
Yeah, they, that that's the number. I mean, it's kind of like last year, like I said, they went and got two offensive linemen late, and that was like the obvious glaring need. I think they're going to be in that same spot. You know, you come out of the spring, you get to evaluate a little bit. Linebacker, to me, is just such an obvious glaring need for them right now. And they have not recruited it well in recent years either, as, as we've noted a lot. I think Avery Huff is the only former four-star recruit on this roster at linebacker. So they need an infusion of talent there. And this one-time transfer rule, well, you know, not only in a normal world, you'd be thinking, all right, who the grad transfers out there. Now you might just, there might be a freshman at, I'm just literally throwing out a random, like I don't even have a name, but if there could be a freshman at Georgia who isn't starting and is like, yeah, Miami seems like a pretty open competition there. And there could be a fit. Like it's not unheard of. And I think Miami, uh, we were talking about this before we went on, on, on the mic today is that obviously the transfer thing has really like taken college football by storm. Um, And Miami is like, was on the cutting edge of it three years ago or whatever it was two, three years ago when they got Jalen and Bubba and Tate Martell that, that really like, I think that reputation is going to help Miami Anytime there's a big transfer out there that like when you're putting your name in the transfer portal, you know, I think everyone would love to say, all right, can I fit at Alabama? Can I fit at Ohio state? But I think for a lot of people like Miami is in that first group of schools you think to look at. And that's, that's a huge leg up that Miami I think has right now as they try to um, try to take advantage of this, this rule change that came down today. All right, Susan. Uh, oh, I got one bonus one for you. We get to see Andres Borregalis kick. I'm sure that's what you're excited for. I'm very excited. Everybody's excited for that, right? Yeah. I I think Jose was so popular. How could you not be excited to see uh, his little brother? Now that is, uh, yeah, right. Now that is his uh, trophy is is in the UM Trophy Hall or wherever. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, he, I think he kicked three. He made three three field goals the last scrimmage i think one of them was 51 or 52 yards so he's he's taken right over for big brother and uh he's got the leg 100 percent. i mean i saw him hit multiple 50 yarders in high school yes and i've and i've i've clicked on your videos over and over to watch it (laughs) he's the one you know he's the one kicker i film on the sidelines you know i'm always i'm filming quarterbacks (laughs) i'm filming running back commits yeah, you because know, I know those are going to get like, uh, you know, those are obviously they score the touchdowns, but then also, you know, people want to see what Thad Frank want to see Thad Franklin run over three guys at, at in a Chaminade game. But uh, Andres Borgalis is the one, the one kicker who I know I could film and people like would watch those videos. So um, I'm lo- I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. All right, Susan, uh, you got anything else before we finish up here? Uh, no, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll talk again, uh, next week after this, after the spring wraps up and then we'll go from there. Yeah. We're a uh, jam pack up jam packed for the next few weeks. Actually, uh, next week will be both the scrimmage and actually, uh, the, our last time we record before the first round of the NFL draft. So we're going to have a really busy show next week. Um, obviously wrapping up the scrimmage. It'll be a little, little old by then, but we'll get our final thoughts and then looking ahead to the draft. Um, I know you've, you've started uh, doing some of your pre-draft work. So uh, keep an eye out for all of that on MiamiHerald.com. Uh, it is a busy, busy season. Draft season is always really busy. And, and to me, it's um, 
little, little nostalgic because it was like the first time we were busy last year. Like once once the pandemic started, it was like, oh my God, what are we going to write about? The first thing we had that was like a big event was that NFL draft. So uh, we're, we're at the one year mark for that. Yeah, we are. Looking forward to the draft because, you know, after that, it's summer. Yep. And it'll be a good best best draft in a while for Miami. So it should be um, be as exciting a time as Miami has had on that Thursday night in quite a while. Uh, but we will talk all about that next week. Until then, you can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. We'll both be at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday for Miami spring game. So follow along there uh, for updates and be sure to keep checking MiamiHerald.com for full coverage from the spring game. I'm excited. Uh, we get to watch some football finally. 